Silver Cross Sudbury proudly serves Sudbury, North Bay, Elliott Lake, Sturgeon Falls, Espanola, and the Manitoulin Island District, making a difference in our clients' lives and providing solutions to help them with their healthcare needs is our priority. And that's a little message from Dean and Chantal Jacqueline, who are the owners of Silver Cross Sudbury. They sell the following products, stair lifts, curved stair lifts, porch lifts, deck lifts, ceiling lifts, wheelchair lifts, just to name a few. Silver Cross Sudbury provides also the following services, free and home assessments, installation, service for stair lifts, wheelchair lifts, and other mobility equipment. Contact Dean Chantel Jacqueline for any healthcare need by phone at 705-222-0700. That is 705-222-0700. Or check them out on their website or on their Facebook page. Great people and family, but more importantly, the best people for what they do. Seems as though I've lived my life on the bad side of the moon Just stir your drags and sickness still without a rustic spoon Now come on people, live with me where the light has never shown And the hornets flock like hummingbirds speaking in a foreign tongue Isn't my life, isn't my life, isn't my life Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 7777, the number 7 of Behind the Bench podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Again, content is just flying. Alex Shimino here alongside Tommy Vlahos and producer Mason Savage. We're going to send it over to Tommy Vlahos. What's going on, brother? Not much, Al. What a co-host I have, first of all, before I get into my weekend. Uh, listeners, everybody that knows Alex Shimino, he does not pay for a lot of things when we go out as a group. And Friday, he uh, treated the boys, uh, me and Mason, and, to, and the two future guests that we're going to have on the show. I don't want to uh, give away their names or anything, but uh, yeah, Al took the bill. That was very rare to see. I never seen his credit card. I finally okay, figured out. Okay, no, no, I finally figured I, I, out what no, bank we're gonna he's address with. this right now. We're gonna address this right now. Tom likes to say that I don't pay for anything, but before I can even get my wallet out to pay for anything, Tom's got like a grand of cash in his wallet, ladies and gents. So if you're ever walking by Tom, don't be afraid to steal his wallet because you got a grand of cash. Sorry, I don't carry bank. cash. I'm a personal but bank. He just throws a couple 20s, goes, it's on me tonight. It's on, and it's always on Tom, so beware of that. Also, watch out for uh, when you go out with him because he's got his visa. He's got a big limit on there. Hey, so, uh, you, don't, you don't appreciate it? Unlimited, actually. You don't appreciate it? Do you not appreciate it when I do I appreciate it 100%. There Tommy, it is. There is. Nice. But don't but, say uh, I don't pay because you never give me the chance. That's fair. Okay, fair. My weekend was good. Um, <laughs> school's getting busy, right? You know, exam's coming up, but. Other than that, I'm excited to uh, crush this interview or this, not this interview, this episode. Yeah, Tom tuning in today from uh, Masters Students Place, <laughs> Katie LaPonce. He's you a, know, it's a new background, eh? Is that what it is? Yeah, notice the change of background. You know what's up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, the boys are spo- sporting their stashes. Listen, the people voted. The people said they wanted stashes, and they're going to get stashes. Tom is actually grooming his, like, it is <laughs> fine-tuned, that baby. <laughs> I call myself the young uh, Austin Matthews. So, But, uh, no, Al, we got, the, like, what, the same boats, it looks like? I probably got yeah, one more yes. check right now. But but what did you think overall about getting, uh, getting the love and support, Tom? What did you think about that? I honestly think half the people that said yes just wanted us to keep it, even though they didn't like it. It was, like, uh, one of those, but. Yeah, I don't know. We'll keep it for a bit and see how it goes. But it's, uh, again, good content for our podcast. Uh, I think, personally, you look a little better than I do in, uh, in a mustache. Oh, but no if way. you it's that little front lip there, Al. Oh. I can't get the middle the middle part going. But, um, you need a little, uh, what do you call A little Sharpie or a little uh, Just for Men there? Yeah, that. that's, we, we need that bad. <laughs> we need that bad. Um, so is a... 77% to 23%, 77% in favor of Tom having a mustache and then not very uh, big difference for me at 76%. So I mean, you know, thank question. you whether you want me. us to look stupid or look good. Uh, we're going to keep it for a bit until uh, Mama Bear t- uh, 
Mama Bear tells me to shave it. So, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just kidding. That's uh, a B plus anyways, to me. A top. That's a B plus, 76, 77%. Hey, man, enough. we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> She's dead. Get degrees, and we're well above that. Um, okay. Let's move on, Tom, from the stashes as much as we love them. Um, we got to talk about a couple things. Not much going on in today's episode. It's going to be a little bit short. But uh, one thing worth mentioning, something big in the community that happens every year, and it's unfortunate that it was a little bit different this year, obviously, with the COVID pandemic BS that's going on. Um, CTV and, and the Lions Club did the telethon once again this year. A little different. They didn't do any live music. I was all uh, pre-recorded. But again, once again, a great thing that they do uh, every Christmas for people in need of presents and kids in need of toys. Um, they had a goal of $272,000. They raised just over that, around 273000 I believe. So nonetheless, they beat the record in a pandemic. Very impressive. Tom? Yeah, they crushed their goal. Not much else to say. Um, have you ever been to one of these at all? Usually- yeah, I was actually featured. I want to say it was 2017. I went to drop some money in the cheer pot for uh, nice, Ben's. Nice, Good yeah. for you. Good for you. No, that's awesome. I mean, they crushed our goal. That's a lot of money, right? Like, it's good oh, yeah. to see the community come together, especially during this time. And obviously a time for, um, like, do you want kids to receive gifts at Christmas, right? So it's, it's awesome to see that all this money's coming in and the kids can experience a uh, Christmas like what we mean you experience right now. So it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Very happy that this is an on, it's been ongoing for who knows, several years, eh? years, yeah. like, yeah big Sudbury tradition so uh, happy to shout that out on the pot all right ladies and gents let's move in right into business today we got a very cool interview um a little bit uh, for the soccer community in Sudbury Giuseppe Politi headmaster coach of GSSC the Greater Sudbury Soccer Club came on to talk about a little bit of his career and everything wicked interview I thought um he's really he's really good and knows his stuff and uh, yeah yeah, well, my immediate thoughts, the listeners will know during this interview that Alex was like making out with the mic for the first half an hour. I don't think I don't, <laughs> this was right up his alley. I don't think I got a question in until like, I don't know, the 40 minute mark. I, I should have just took an off day during that interview, but uh, no, Politi, awesome dude. Uh, he was technically my boss when I, uh, two summers ago when I worked for GSSC. So we got into a little bit of that, a couple stories from him, but uh, yeah, just an awesome dude. And it's good to get a soccer guy on the podcast right up your alley there al yeah it was awesome um i for me it was pretty cool because i kind of grew up watching my dad coach giuseppe then having giuseppe coach me which was pretty cool a little generational thing there won a city championship with him no big deal for uh st ben's and uh, green night yeah tom have you ever gotten a car with him? I, I, I didn't bring oh, him yeah, up on the Oh, yeah, that BMW buses. buses. He does not know how to drive, though. He's going <laughs> to hate when he listens to this. I think he blew, like, six stop signs when I was with him. <laughs> oh, too good. Uh, good too guy. Good. good guy. He's going to have to get a Ferrari soon. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, let's uh, let's hand it over. We're going to send it over uh, to Giuseppe Politi for the interview. Hope you guys really enjoy this one because we, we really did. Nonetheless, Giuseppe Politi. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a big one. Now, we're going a little off course here at Behind the Bench. We're interviewing a big name in the soccer community today. This person has made impacts all over Sudbury, Ontario, and Canada soccer, both as as a player and a coach. Now, known for his demanding coaching style, he always seems to get the job done and win. And he's got the accolades to prove it. Give me a second here, Tom. Ontario Cup finalists, U21 Women's 2008, Canadian National Champions, York University, Men's Soccer Assistant Coach 2008, League and Playoff Champions, Sudbury Men's League, Sudbury Penalenic 2010, Caruso Tournament Champions 2010, only the second team ever from Sudbury to win. My dad was on the other team that won 1996, not a big deal. All college program records, Cambrian College Men's and Women's Soccer. Banner year each year at St. Benedict High School Senior Boys Soccer for 10 years. 
fourth place at OFSA for St. Benedict High School Senior Boys. OCAA Provincial Bronze Canadian College Women's Soccer. OCAA Coach of the Year Cambrian College East Division. House of Kin Coach of the Year Subway Sports Hall of Fame. Community Builder Award Northern Ontario Business. 40 Under 40 Award Northern Ontario Business. Trailblazer Coach Award Coaches Association of Ontario. Coach Developer Award Ontario Soccer. And recently obtaining his UEFA A license coach. The highest coaching certificate you can get in the land and that's only coaching Whew, tom i need a sip of water after that this person has played at all levels of soccer from d2 at saint leo university from laurentian university to brock university now we find him teaching at saint benedict catholic secondary school all about the business tips and tricks or a good life for four to six hours a day now without any further ado ladies and gentlemen giuseppe politi Thanks for having me. How you doing? Great on this sun, uh, Saturday morning. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful Saturday morning to have you here, Giuseppe. So, uh, what have you been up to so far? You know, during this COVID year, and and just uh, how soccer been? Uh, soccer was a challenge this year, um, obviously with COVID uh, ruining our summer season. But uh, luckily, um, our board of directors, in conjunction with the health unit in the city of Greater Sudbury, have a uh, allowed us to return to play and we got a good uh, two month or eight week season in for for kids and adolescents in our city even with some adult programming uh the next challenge now is moving indoor um with the local bubble not being available for community use it's posed some challenges but uh, we're trying to work with the ymca to to find a place for these kids to keep playing good stuff good stuff so we're gonna dial it back we'll, we'll start right at the start of your you're right near the end of your soccer career so you were at st leo university for um for a little bit did you talk to us about uh going there and what was your experience like uh, i think in high school um you know kids have dreams about what they want to do with uh with sports whatever that might be obviously for me it was soccer and uh one of my big dreams was to go away on a scholarship and luckily i had that that chance in uh, in florida um, I did not stay for the entire uh, four years. Some personal things came up, so I decided yep. to come back. But I will tell you that Florida and U.S. college sports is uh, a different ball game. Mm-hmm. All right, the attention, the money, the resources that go into that, and uh, I developed as a as a player, as a person, and even learning from uh, U.S. coaches down there. So it was a, a great experience. And if uh, kids, especially from Sudbury, have that opportunity, I would really recommend um you know hopefully once this pandemic is over to to keep their options open if they if they have those dreams right um and so so you came back and played at laurentian for a little bit talk about your experience there um and and just the difference i guess from from university soccer here to uh d2 soccer in in the states i had a good experience at laurentian um you know, we had some some decent success. I mean, obviously, people want to do a little bit better than uh, than just making the playoffs and, right. and and going out in the quarters. Seems to be the the Achilles heel of uh, of the experience there. But you know, Carlos run a, a pretty good competitive program over the last twenty years, and um, it was a pleasure to be a part of it. We have a good a good relationship, and I think the the big difference is just resources, time, uh, even the quality of play. Uh, yeah. Obviously, is higher in the U.S., but um, I think that's. Uh, that's a consequence of the system, right? right. They, they invest more time and energy and resources into into yeah. college sports. I mean, yeah. look at it. They got TV. Yeah. They got all sorts of things. So, Big time. But it was a good experience at uh, Laurentian and, um, you know, one I'll remember. Made a lot of good friends. and Good stuff. Good stuff. So now we'll, we'll head out of soccer. So Sorry, not out of soccer, but out of playing. So you kind of left near your prime to go into coaching. So what made you decide, one, to go into coaching and, two, to stop playing soccer completely? Well, I think uh, after I graduated from Laurentian, you know, I thought I was going to go into that uh, that business mindset. I worked down down in Bay Street, mm-hmm. uh, thinking I was going to be a, a CPA. And Jordan Belfort, part of yeah. <laughs> so uh, it didn't really didn't really meet um, the sort of lifestyle I wanted. So um, I think that I sort of realized that my playing days were over. There wasn't anything that was really sustainable from an income point of view. And at the end of the day, um, money is quite important in, in keeping a, a lifestyle. So. Uh, I actually got involved in coaching at a very young age. I still remember the first day I ever coached. I was actually 15. Wow. So I started in grade nine, and I, I remember walking to St. Charles through the snow and coaching indoor soccer. Yeah. It was like a U8 or U9. And the first player I ever coached was Mark Ormiento, who is no now a, uh, a real estate agent here in Sudbury. <laughs> yeah. So I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the first day I, I had to interact with a parent. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, Lloyd Ribeiro at St. Charles College was running an indoor league, and Lloyd and I are very good friends over the last, oh, man, I can't even remember, 20 years. Oh, yeah, quite so, the duel. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that was the first time I got a, a sense of coaching. And then, you know, you like doing something. It becomes a passion. Um, soccer is a big part of my life. And uh, once I saw how much I liked it, and then I, I turned it into almost a profession, right? Yeah. I generate income from coaching. Yeah. Uh, I love the competition. I love being involved in the community. So... Coaching, you know, you get bit by the bug, and I, I sincerely think that um, I'm I'm probably a better coach than I was a player. Yeah, and you know that's that's pretty high standard because you know my my father coached you, and mm-hmm. he said like Giuseppe was definitely up there, one of his top top players that he's coached. So and and just follow up question: You mentioned Marco Armiento, so you coached him when you were 15, and he was U8. You got yeah. to have him back at Cambrian, I believe, for a year men's soccer. So how surreal was that? Having oh, him it then? was you know the it's almost like things come in full circle, right? So Marco played a couple seasons for us at Cambrian and was certainly one of the uh, most impactful players we ever had. Unfortunately, you know, uh, we had some a little bit of um, unlucky experience in the playoffs, but he, he was a game changer for the, the couple of seasons that he played. And, uh, you know, I wish him the best and uh, in his, his new um, career here in Sudbury. Yeah, good stuff. And so let's get into... Um, York. So that was probably the first big team you got to be a part of. And just talk about that whole experience. And then you won a national championship. And, and how does it feel to be a national champion at, at the highest level? Yeah, York was uh, an interesting experience because it was the first time that I was an assistant coach um, to someone that I really um, revere. Um, Carmen Isacco, who is the uh, master coach there, he's in charge of the entire program at, uh, at York, was really a great mentor. I learned a lot. I was able to work with players that were, in fact, better than me uh, at playing soccer. But I learned a lot from them. And, I mean, to culminate with a, a national championship and be a part of that is something that uh, is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So yeah. I was really grateful that they, they took me in. I was doing teacher's college, believe it or not, at University of Toronto. And I approached them about getting involved in coaching. They said there was no room. <laughs> so then I went to, to York and, uh, you know, and then I was even looking at working with the women's program. Yeah. Long story short, I end up on the men's side. Carmen and I have been uh, good friends for the last oh, 12, 13 years now, even that I've moved back to Sudbury. But he's, um, he's one of the, the most respected soccer people in the country with a incredible record of success and to learn from him that year and to win yeah was something that I'll, I'll cherish forever talk about that whole run that you guys had in, in that final game what did it feel like to, you know finally know that you're top top of the country well I mean um that it was a weird year we uh we had lost a couple of games early on in the season because we had a player that it was deemed ineligible wow. uh, and I think we ended up losing two to three games we still ran the table came first in the division um lost the OUA championship on a on a pretty um, disappointing mistake it was sort of a pass back and kind of a a messy childish goal and um, but the guys rallied turned around and uh, we flew to Ottawa uh, and won a national championship and like I said um, you know these moments come around especially if you're from Sudbury these moments come around once in a in a lifetime Big time. so I'll always uh, cherish my time at York and um, you know I was able to make a lot of contacts and mm-hmm. and meet a lot of people across Ontario uh, so, you know, I, I really thank Carmen for, uh, for giving me that opportunity. Yeah. And so after York, you know, you get the coaching, but you win a national championship. Now, where, where are you thinking of coaching and, and where did you get into after that? Well, essentially I finished teacher's college and, uh, I was applying to, to become a high school teacher. Uh, I was living in Niagara, um, doing my MBA, uh, around that same time that I applied there. I applied in Toronto, I applied in uh, York region, Sudbury, but I applied here at Sudbury Catholic, and uh, luckily, I was given a, a job. I never had to supply a, a day in my career, which was That's kind huge. of like That's strange, you know. Talking about with, once <laughs> in a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you, you, you can't really say no. Yeah. So I ended up coming back and uh, working at St. Benedict, where I've uh, spent the majority of the last uh, 12 years. And um, then the opportunity for Cambrian came up, and it started with the men's program. Uh, I coached that for a year and finally made the playoffs. And then in, in year two, which would have been back in 2010, uh, the women's coach uh, retired. I think he was moving out of town. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I made a, a proposal to the uh, director of athletics at the time, or still is, I think. I can't remember if it was Bob Peachy or Tim Yu at the time. But either way, I said, you know, what, what about having a unified vision and doing this sort of master coach program mm-hmm. that York had in, instituted? And that's where I sort of 
came up with that vision. And uh, I mean, the rest is history. I mean, I took over the women's program in uh, 2011. I think we had the year of the strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, we had some glorious years of incredible success yeah. for such a small college competing against um, some of the big guns uh, through Algonquin and Ottawa and Humber and all these schools that were five or ten times bigger than us. Uh, we did quite well with, yeah. with uh, the resources we had. And, and I mean, you, got, you had an OCAA bronze with the, with the women's team. And I believe... Cambrian hosted, right, that OCAAs? Yeah, so we won two uh, bronze medals. So those were all-time records for post-secondary women's soccer. Um, the year that we hosted, we did not, we we um, unfortunately lost a 2-1 game to Seneca in the quarterfinals when yeah. that was in Sudbury. And, you know, on paper, that year was is interesting. That was the, the year that we had the best team. We right. obviously used the, the ability to host the championships right. as a recruiting tool. Right. And, you know, we had a little bit of unfortunate that evening. Uh, the weather wasn't great, uh, you know, maybe some questionable calls by the referee. And sometimes that's sport, right? It doesn't go it your is, way. It is but we is, had yeah. some uh, incredible experiences and, um, you know, the staff, the players, we, we went through a lot, a lot of highs and lows over the years. But overall, it was a, a big part of my life. Yeah. And uh, something I'll never forget. Yeah, that that's a, a great, great story and just a, a great time. I mean, um, it, you know, I, I was able to watch some of those games at Cambrian and, and, uh, you know, you, you ran a, su- a successful program there. So let's talk about, um, I want to dial it back r- right before, I think it was before I came, Brian, you did the, um, you coached Penelanek a little bit, the men's team. And how was that experience, like s- coaching in the men's league in, in Sudbury? And then obviously that Caruso Club tournament, you guys made history um, there being only the second team to win from Sudbury. Yeah, no, I mean, Sudbury Penelanek uh, and John Hatzis and, and all that crew, that's, uh, we're talking 10, 12 years ago now. Um, they gave me an opportunity to be serve as the club head coach. So, yeah. you know, the Greater Sudbury Soccer Club hadn't really all come together yet. Right. And uh, I was able to work with players that were playing at Laurentian and stuff mm-hmm. at the time. And, um, you know, the men's league was a little bit different then mm-hmm. than it is now. Um, you know, it wasn't too much of a big deal to win the, the men's league itself because, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was sort of... Uh, low number of teams but the crucial club was what everyone wanted to win exactly that's the big one. so you know we took advantage of uh getting the guest players yeah. and uh we pulled off something that was uh quite special for yeah. for the city and the guys and you know they still remember it now oh, yeah. not a lot of them have kids and you know they're settled down but they still talk about that weekend yeah uh and and actually i think the crucial that weekend was held in lively it was in lively and i think a uh, funny story was that in the round robin uh our team which was touted to be one of the contenders to win we actually dropped a round robin game to your dad who was coaching uh, i think subway athletic or something that's right we had dropped a one nothing a loss uh, in spite of i don't know ask woody they think the possession was 99 (laughs) one and i think there was one shot registered and it went in in. and it went in and that's soccer but in the end i mean uh, it's something that we'll always have in our memory i mean i don't even know if the crucial club or the Sudbury star cup is ever going to come back i hope it does we have some plans at the greater Sudbury soccer club to sort of ignite uh, adult soccer and men's soccer um, in the future, but you know, one step at a time with with this pandemic, and yeah. we'll see where we can come back to, and maybe next year. Yeah, that, that's a great story. I I remember I was like uh, maybe eleven or <laughs> or ten years old at the time, just running around lively and got to watch that game. It, it was pretty. It was pretty special. It was pretty cool to see. You know, my dad coached you, and then you guys got to coach against each other. So it was it was cool to see. And yeah, right before we get, uh, I want to talk about same bands and and what your future looks like for coaching. We'll talk about UEFA as well, but I just want to dive deeper into your coaching style. So. Um, let's talk. You have a demanding coaching style. I played for you for St. Ben's. You know, you demand results and you demand the best for me players all the time. And, and it works, you know, you, and it, the accolade, you have the accolades to show for it. So in your own words, describe your own style and then talk about some of the past coaches that have affected your coaching style and any professional coaches you look up to. That's a lot of questions. Okay. Yeah. So, um, on the coaching style, I would think that, or I would say that it really depends on the audience. Yeah. So, I've said this before on different uh, interviews, uh, CBC and stuff like that. Quick plug. Yeah, not, not <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it depends on the audience. For example, uh, Giuseppe, the coach at St. Ben's or at Cambrian during those times or at York or in any sort of competitive environment is a much more demanding, um, autocratic style, uh, loud, yeah. Um, motivating. Yeah, you know, and I think, I think uh, very direct because we have to look at what do you want as an outcome? Right. Do you want to win or do you want to just participate? Right. 
So winning in those sorts of environments was what it, what mattered, right? Yeah. You know, and we had meetings about it yeah. uh, with the players to try to get them on the same page. It's yeah. like, what are we doing here? Do we just want to be a part of it or do we want to accomplish something big for themselves, for the, you know, the city or the institution? Mm-hmm. You know, Giuseppe, uh, as a technical director of the Greater Sudbury Soccer Club, working with kids that are 6, 8, 10 or 12 years old is much different. Yeah. It's much more about relationships, development, fun, um, laughter, um, and the result is not the most important. The most important is that kids come, they learn something, they have some, some fun, and that they want to keep playing soccer. Right. So it really depends on the audience. You know, I know that not everybody's a fan no. of, the, of the way I coach, and yeah. um, I think if, if you want to try to make everybody happy, you shouldn't go into coaching. Yeah. You should sell ice cream. Yeah. Okay, so it really depends, and, and uh, it's been a while now. Uh, I haven't been in um, a direct... Uh, coaching position that's required a lot of results um, as the primary sort of indicator of success uh, in a couple years since I retired from Cambrian and even at St. Benedict um, I brought in a community volunteer Mm -hmm. to to take over uh, the head coaching role I'm still the teacher rep but um, soccer you know my role in the community has expanded Mm -hmm. I'm very 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 busy and there's only only so much of me that can go around so um, it really depends on the audience in terms of coaching style as for as for did you ask me about Saint Benedict? Uh, we're gonna get into okay, that. Okay, so what was the next the one? Ne- so yeah, let's, we'll go to yeah. the next question. Um, the past coaches, how they affected your coaching? Yeah, so <clears throat> that that question comes up a lot too yeah. um, over the years. I wouldn't say that there was one specific person that mm-hmm. has been like the guy or girl yeah. um, that has been the ultimate influence. I'd say it's a little bit of everything, kind of sprinkled over my philosophy. So. It goes back to grade school, having teachers and principals coach me, even not even in soccer, just in, yeah. in whatever, playing three pitch, right. slow pitch, whatever. Um, it's, but teachers have influenced me through the, the school system. Um, coming up through recreational soccer, I had some coaches in Suburnia, then through Panhellenic, um, even at Laurentian, at Brock, at York, Everywhere. all those coaches. Too many, too many to list. Yep. And basically what you do is you try to think back, you know, what were those coaches good at yeah you take that and you develop it and what weren't you a big fan of um yeah. from those coaches and you just don't dwell on those right? right you try not to be yeah right and everybody's could say the same thing about a teacher right yeah. everybody's had their favorite teachers and you know look at you alex you're probably going to be going into education yeah and yeah. you're going to think back of your favorite high school teacher yeah. me yeah well, he's <laughs> right not, he's not wrong well, okay. no well no, listen and i'm going to backtrack there it was a combination of amazing teachers that i had just like mr uh, Giuseppe said, Politi said, um, it was a combination for me as well. It's teachers I looked up to, and Giuseppe was definitely up there. We had a good time, and he, he let me do my thing. So, so yeah, so uh, <laughs> there's a good political answer. Alex has always been good at politics. Well, that's right. You, you know, you got to please everybody. That's that's it's hard to do, but so, um, at the end of the day, you, you look back at the people that influence you and you look at what their strengths were. You try to add that to your repertoire of yeah. skill sets, of a skill set. Yeah. And then there are weaknesses and everybody like, I have weaknesses. Yeah. Right. And you just try to make yourself better. And that's, right. and that's about it. And, and professional coaches, I think I know the answer to this I mean, already. Yeah. But Even that, yeah. I mean, that is an evolving thing. Yeah. Um, professional coaches, it could be, uh, it could be the, the, Marcello Lippi, who led the 2006 Italian World Cup team, and obviously the club team at uh, at uh, Juventus. So I was actually there at the 2006 to World there, Cup yeah. to yeah. to watch games. Um, also, the uh, the current you know managers in the world, Pep Guardiola yeah. or or Antonio Conte or whatever. But even even coaches that are not perhaps Italian or you know Jurgen Klopp, everybody has something that they bring to the table. Um, and you just look and you say, you know, what can you identify? What do you like about that? And you try to add it to your, to your repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer. And let, let's get into the same Ben's dynasty. You know, obviously I was a part for the, for the last year of it, basically. Um, let's talk about that. Just, you know, you had Connor Vandeway there. Uh, Sean Wilcox was a very good player as well. So talk about, you know, that your time and it's still going on right now, but obviously let's, let's talk about the glory days of uh, St. Ben's. Yeah, the glory days uh, were probably in, uh, man, was it the mid 2010s? Mid 2010s, yeah. I don't know. All the yeah. years sort of, you know, it's a blur when you win that much. <laughs> you know, um, the dynasty, um, you know, when I got a job at St. Ben's, um, I was able to, to build uh, not just the business program, but get involved with extracurriculars and soccer, obviously, is my passion. So um, 
we started it with quite a bang. We won a city championship out of nowhere yeah. uh, in the spring of 2010, and I was working with George Urso at the yeah. time as the other teacher rep, and he's now moved on, and I've, I've still stayed involved. But uh, the years that we had uh, Sean Wilcox, who ended up playing at Cambrian, and obviously we know the story of Connor as an MVP yeah. goalkeeper in the OUA and, and for Laurentian, uh, were great. I mean, we set uh, records for St. Benedict by yeah. getting to, to Offsa and getting to two Final Fours back-to-back. Yeah. Uh, so close from, from winning a medal and almost advancing to the championship game. I mean, those sorts of things don't come around often. Um, it was a great experience. Um, I don't know if I still have the energy to, to put it as yeah. much effort into getting them back there. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's who goes to the school. Yeah. Who goes to school? We're not in the business of recruiting kids. No. You know, that's not how it works at uh, the high school level. So hopefully when uh, high school sports do come back to some sort of uh, normal that uh, that we can sort of, uh, you know, reignite the, the boys soccer program to achieve results again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was it was an awesome time being there. I, I got to be there in my grade nine year. For the, for the last, uh, you know, hurrah, got to go to office as well twice. So it, it was a blast and it, it was fun. You know, you were demanding, but we got results. And, and I think, you know, I didn't mind the playing style at all. You, you pushed me. And I remember, you know, many times on the field, five minutes. You got five minutes to show me what you got. Five minutes, Chimino, come on. And then and I was like, yeah, you know, I got to get my ass in gear. And, and it worked for me. Um, and then Offsa, I got to talk about this story. It was an unbelievable story. I wasn't playing um, in Offsa uh, that year. I, I had torn my ACL, so I was just coming to to uh, watch and, and uh, help out. And um, we got to talk. Again, your mother, Giuseppe's mother, is an absolute gem. Um, Antonetta. We love her. All the boys love her. She came on all the trips, not even soccer trips, business trips. She'd have, you know, fruit trays out of nowhere. She'd make her tarali. was unbelievable. She always took care of us. And uh, we're in Offsa. And we're in uh, final. I want It's a final round robin game. We're playing Deep River. Must win to move on. And it's like, we look at this team, you know, they're wearing like basketball shorts. This team, you know, we can beat this team. It's very, it's very doable. So we're... We're in the mix of the game, you know, a couple a couple really chintzy goals. And, you know, the goalkeeper that, that was listening to this podcast, he'll know, you know, he had a CDU course to go maybe through the game. But we'll leave that we'll leave that up for the soccer gods to decide. Um, so we're down. We're down. Um, it's 2 nothing, And we're full force. So, you know, full offense. And we're not getting a shot off net. We're not getting a shot on net. We're like, we, you know, we got to shoot the ball. In. And uh, down. So we're on the bench. And down to the right of us, there's one person standing there. And the one person, of course, is Antonette Politi. And she's yelling, shoot the ball! Shoot it! They gotta shoot the ball! You gotta go! And, and Giuseppe turns around, Ma! Shut up! Shut up! We're trying! And she goes, but you said they're not shooting! They're not shooting the ball! And, uh, and man, it was just an all-time story. Just You could see where he got his competitive edge from. Legit. 20 yards down <laughs> down the line so um awesome story so let, let's let's uh go into um after st ben's so st ben's now so now you really have been on a developmental side with gssc um let's talk about uefa a little bit you know you've achieved the highest um credibility you could you can for uh, coaching so talk about you know that experience and and why you want that that uh, certification yeah so the the uefa license which um you know luckily just got through was quite a quite a process uh you know it was supposed to be four trips to to belfast northern ireland i only had to make um make three trips because of this year's pandemic so we we're able to do some stuff uh, distance ed but um before uefa um i wanted to pursue coach education because you learn it gives you credibility um, obviously it's tied to your compensation package. So the, the more qualified you are, uh, the more you can earn from soccer. So I started the coach education back in 2006. So I'm almost 14, almost going on 15 years deep of, of learning. So I ended up completing all of the Canadian, uh, licensing. So I have a Canadian A license. And then, um, I wanted to, to do a little travel and, and get an American perspective because of how much I learned there at St. Leo. So I went to the U S completed that a license so there there's north america um both a licenses there and i learned a lot in both countries not vastly different but um some good coaches that you know that 
that taught me a lot and opened my eyes to, you know, how do you prepare for this? How do you coach this? How do you, how do you deal with players that have this, etc.? cetera, uh, planning, etc. tactics. And then I, uh, you know, wanted to, to explore. I saw some colleagues in, um, in Ontario do their stuff in Europe. So I tried to look at some English speaking countries where I could get this done in a, in a very quick way. And the UEFA license offered by the Irish football association based out of Belfast was the best option where you could go, um, for blocks of eight to 10 uh, days at a time. So I started that in 2016 and, and now it's 2020. And, uh, that was a lot of hours, uh, a lot of trips, a lot of money, but I learned, I grew, uh, met a lot of great people that, that coach sort of almost anywhere around the world from the, from the U S to UK, to Hong Kong, to South Africa and anywhere in between. We've had people coming from Australia. So um, it is the one of the highest uh, coaching credentials you can have in Europe. I mean, anything after that would be called the UEFA Pro, but you need to be involved in a uh, pro-type environment. So I'm not sure. Uh, living in Sudbury is probably not going to happen unless we get some sort of pro team, maybe in the never CPL know. one day. You never know. Or, or what happens, maybe a League One team. Uh, but for now... Um, I think this year uh, I'll just sit back and yeah. see what happens with this pandemic about what the next coaching opportunity is. But for all that all that time, um, it's really worth it yeah. because you grow, you learn, and then you bring it back to Sudbury and you bring it back to the coaches who I'm responsible for helping mm-hmm. and you bring it back to the players who I'm responsible for developing. And um, it was a great experience. No, no regrets. Good, good. That, that's good to hear and and we'll get Tommy to chime in here he hasn't uh, chimed in yet he's been sitting back and enjoying the ride so we'll turn it over to more GSSC now uh, with Tommy and he, he's got some good um, good memories from there well uh, the listeners can tell that Alex is you know the uh, the soccer guy in the podcast uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll put my two cents in now um, I still remember a couple months before um, I had the privilege of you know working for GSSC two years ago I still remember uh, I was looking for a job because I didn't want to go back to the golf course for the summer. And Alex was, uh, you know, my good buddy. So he was texting me, I have a job for you at Greater Sudbury Soccer Club. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll try it out. And he's like, uh, yeah, full-time hours. And uh, one of my favorite teachers is going to be sort of your boss. And I said, okay, perfect. You know, teacher is going to be a good guy. Um, I still remember the first time that I met Giuseppe, uh, you know, in the office of Greater Sudbury Soccer. I you know, two weeks in, I was just, uh, you know, doing the administrative stuff, uh, doing the emails. And I remember the other student uh, looking at me and going, oh, oh no, Giuseppe's coming in today. <laughs> I said, Giuseppe, yeah, sure. Like, whatever, we can talk to him. What's the, what's the big deal? No, no, the chief, Giuseppe's coming in. That's what she called him, the chief. From that moment on, I knew that he was, you know, the chief of Greater Sudbury Soccer. I still, he, he came in and the inventory room and... Uh, in the office there is a disaster like you know the first the first couple of weeks is always a mess because you know the leftover boxes from the year before and whatever else and he walks into the inventory room and he comes right back out and he goes does anybody work around here <laughs> so he looks at me he goes you come here he's he hops into the uh the uh, inventory room starts throwing boxes at me this garbage you know what pennies this garbage so you know, I've had uh, the pl- privilege of, you know, working under Giuseppe at, uh, at the soccer club there. And obviously the biggest experience for me was um, taking part in that Fabio Bailey tournament. So uh, Giuseppe, I don't know if you want to talk about maybe, you know, obviously over the last couple of years, uh, GSSC has been uh, privileged to, you know, take over and run that memorial tournament. So maybe talk about, uh, you know, the weeks prior and how it is obviously to run that tournament in Sudbury. Sure. Um, the Fabio Bailey Festival is... Um you know, a good community event for our, especially for our grassroots. We hope to revive the tournament. The tournament part is for kids 13 and older. The festival is for kids 12 and under. Uh, Fabio Belli, obviously the, the late former counselor, was a, a good friend of mine. He was actually one of the people that gave me an opportunity to coach uh, quite young. Mm-hmm. So I had already taken over a team, uh, a very competitive team at, at the age of 20. Um, and by, by 23, 22, 23, we had won an Ontario Indoor Cup. Uh, for for girls, and that was the the first and only time it's happened in, in our city's history. So that was a that was sort of a, another launching pad for for my career. So I'm indebted to Fabio for that, and we became good friends over the years. Uh, unfortunately, he passed, and um, you know we still miss him. But I think the the event um, keeps his spirit alive. Mm-hmm. He wanted people to be healthy, to be active. He wanted uh, community involvement in in the city. So we do that event uh, each year. Usually, we use it as a culminating. 
um, year-end yeah. festival for GSSC, which would come around mid-August, obviously not this year with the pandemic, but it's uh, obviously on the radar for 2021 if we can get back into some sense of normalcy. And uh, yeah, of course, there's a lot of prep. Uh, we try to get even other communities involved mm-hmm. beyond Sudbury and mm-hmm. other clubs outside of the Greater City of Soccer Club, including North Bay and, and other recreational clubs in town. And it's just a good way to, to finish off a, a summer of soccer and, you know, and uh, remember Fabio for all the contributions he made to, uh, to our community. Yeah, obviously an awesome tournament. And just a quick question about that, because obviously the years prior I was a hockey player and now I got into like, coaching hockey before I got into soccer. And it was actually like, I was so surprised of how many kids, you know, like are actually signed up uh, in soccer in Sudbury. So do you think like soccer in the North is like starting to evolve a little bit more in the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean... Um, I think I think we're making strides forward. It's not a quick process, so it's more of a it's a slow process. But you you have to invest the time and energy to to keep things going. Um, I think with the with the bubble uh, opening up, and now that we have a, a facility that hopefully after this pandemic and you know passes, um, we'll, we're going to see a development in players and at the youth level, and then they can go on to the adolescent years and be competitive and play out of the out of the city. And hopefully just generate more interest in soccer. You know, the Greater Sudbury Soccer Club uh, at one time was just about developing kids to play competitive. But yeah. we are trying to become more of a full service organization. Yeah. So if kids want to play recreational their whole life, that's fine. We just need some time to grow. And hopefully having a facility, kids will look at soccer as not just a summer thing, but a right. full year activity, whatever they want to do. And, you know, this conversation go in many ways. Like We've done so much for coach development. We've, we're getting more kids involved in refereeing. So we want to just keep growing the game in general, right? We're even into adult programming now. Yep. Adult programming, sorry. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think development of soccer has a lot of potential. It's just going to take some time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I played soccer all, all my life in the summer, and you know, um, many hockey players played on, on my team, and, and it was a summer thing. It was something you know to get out of the rink and, and just play soccer for a few summers. It was like a vacation for the parents because when it was hockey season, they were they were full fledged right into it. And and I want to get your thoughts on this as well. You know, we used to have a, a very competitive men's league. Also, there was there's women's as well here, and and it has just dwindled away. We don't we don't have anything anymore competitively in Sudbury do you think there's anything um, we can do here to do it again or do you think it's it's you got to go down south to have to be competitive and play teams there I mean anything is possible I think that we can get competitive soccer um, at the senior ages alive again I just don't know if it's going to look like it once looked right so at one point whether it was 10 20 30 years ago um, you had a lot of a lot more people playing soccer at their older ages right um, now a lot of people sort of fall off the wagon once they hit past that 22, right. you know, they're finishing school, they're, they're moving on with their careers and stuff like that. So I don't know if we're ever going to revive the men's competitive league like it once was. We will have adult programming. It may look, you know, on the women's and men's, it may look, and even co-ed, recreational. But I think there's an opportunity for competitive soccer at senior level ages, so I'm talking about adults, yeah. at U21 or 22 and older, um, but maybe having uh, one team represent Sudbury and having competition from outside of Sudbury come here, whether that is a League One team, um, an OSL, which is Ontario Soccer League, yeah. which can be quite competitive. I mean, there's some good soccer, and, and uh, these leagues are the home of varsity players mm-hmm. that during the summer when they're living in Ontario, uh, they end up going to play in the OUA or in the NCAA. So competitive soccer and high-level quality adult programming can exist in Sudbury. It's, it's just probably not going to look like it once did, right? right? And um, I think that if people keep a realistic outlook, you know, instead of just pointing fingers, say, oh, why can't it be like it used to be? You know, things change over time. So you, you have to evolve. And I'm hoping, you know, with Connor now as our Greater Sudbury Soccer Club Executive Director, and he can start, uh, you know, working together. We can formulate a plan to bring something for that age. Mm-hmm. Connor, absolute beauty, you know, spad grad. Uh, before just happened, we get into the, like the St. Charles days. Obviously, a better school in St. Ben's. Before we get into that, uh, obviously, you being a busy guy, like, how do you balance being a teacher? Then obviously, you have to coach soccer at night because you know that's obviously a busy schedule for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's time management. Um, but you know, I think everybody makes time for what they enjoy. Right. So um, 
I, I, if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do it. Exactly. Um, you know, teaching um, is a good job, but teaching also allows you to do other things. I mean, obviously, if the bell goes at 2.30, um, you know, you're not working till 5 or 6, like some other traditional type jobs, right. and you still have the energy to, to get out there in the community and, and help coach kids. So uh, for me, it's just time management. I think it's one of my strong suits. I'm able to, to balance and plan things. So, I mean, it can be consuming at times, but like I said, uh, we all do that. Mm-hmm. We all do things and make time for things that we enjoy, and I enjoy it so much, so I don't see any end in sight in that. Yeah, so um, just a quick question. Like, coaching high school soccer, I know you had, you know, coached at Dynasty and St. Ben's and coached Alex, but you obviously coach at really high levels for competitively, right? So maybe tell the difference of maybe the skill sets or what, what age group, I'm not going to say what age group, what uh, skill you, like, enjoyed more. Like, was it the high school level of coaching? Because, you know, like, the high school has, like, the top end, uh, talent and then you know it dwells down so maybe tell the difference of the competitive and then like the high yeah school. High, high school and um, high school environment is a lot different from college or from the club um, you have very short amount of time with high school players right. yeah you have a huge disparity from your top player to your quote-unquote yeah. bottom or weakest yeah. player yeah so what I always found at the high school level was keep it simple keep your strategy simple uh, make sure each person knows a very you select few things of roles or responsibilities they need to do. That was for Alex. Yes. And I uh, know Alex knew his role and he did it quite well. That's uh, right. Um, so that's what the, the difference at high school is. I mean, with, with uh, coaching in a post-secondary, you're seeing these guys all the time. Uh, some of them come from very good club backgrounds. So they have years and years and years of development. I mean, at high school, you could have someone that's just playing soccer to be a part of a team, right? Mm -hmm. Right. We've had some hockey players, triple A hockey players. They can run through a wall. Their technical is God awful, (laughs) but they are great team players. They got grit, they're fit and so on. So that's probably the biggest difference. I mean, high school is fun. You know, it's a quick two, two month uh, event. You, you make some relationships with the players. You do the best you can. You know, if, if you, if you're lucky enough to win cities, maybe you get a day off for NASA, three days off for OFSA, and uh, you make the the best of it. Um, in terms of, did you, did you mention St. Charles? Yeah, we can get right into that. I was just, uh, I think the last two years you've been teaching at St. Charles, correct? No, last year I did one semester, okay. thanks to Doug Ford and his, uh, his provincial <laughs> funding cuts, Alex. But luck, luckily I'm back at St. Ben's and, uh, you know, I was a graduate of St. Charles. Right. I was part of their, uh, like, you want to talk about dynasty. I mean, Lloyd Ribeiro and, and John Sikora had... B.B. and Seco. B.B. and Seco. Yeah. We've now become very good friends. Uh, they've they built a dynasty over their years, and now I think uh, Eric Bear, who's about a year older than me, is a teacher there, and uh, we played growing up, uh, has kept... They've had some good results. I don't know if it's the same sort of dynasty at one mm-hmm. time, but, um, you know, they've had a good run, and, and a lot of it is the size of the school, right? right. St. Charles College yeah. is a big school, but, you know, I really enjoyed my time there. And St. Ben's is a lot smaller, so that's probably the biggest, um, biggest difference between the two. But St. Charles, you know, it had its dynasty for, for soccer, and I'm a proud graduate of the school. And uh, when I was coming out of Teachers College, I wish that I could have mm-hmm. got hired there, but it's just the way the, the uh, things unfolded. I ended up at St. Benedict, and now that's, you know, after 10 or 12 years, that's my home. Yeah, I had the, you know, Lloyd... Um, taught me soccer you know I, I played from grade 9 to grade 11 and then grade my grade 12 year I didn't play so he was there from grade 9 and grade 10 when he coached me so it was obviously you know a great soccer mind uh, that one semester when you were at St. Charles you uh, mentioned earlier that uh, before we got on that you taught Quentin Byfield yeah. so obviously he just went second overall in the NHL draft so maybe talk about that experience and you know maybe one day uh, he can reach out back to you and get you some tickets so. yes Mr. Q uh, <laughs> yeah no I taught him uh, there was a couple there was two other Sudbury Wolves there in, in the there was Nathan Ribo and Rebo, yeah Rebo Rebo and there was another Jack one Jack Thompson that's the guy yeah. Uh, all good went. kids, very, very... Uh, he also won. Yeah, Jack Thompson won. Yeah, you know, great um, great kids. I mean, they're almost 18-year-old uh, young men now. Um, I taught them grade 12 business leadership and uh, very respectful. Uh, you know, there was a running joke uh, with Q that he was going to take me to the draft. I think it was, it was supposed to be in Montreal before yeah. this pandemic hit, and obviously I'm a Habs fan. I know some people be surprised but I am a Habs fan and uh, I, I wanted Montreal to draft him and for me to be there I sort of promised him a high mark if he would take me to the draft but, uh, we had a, we had a good laugh and Quentin you know I didn't say too much he was always seemed to be watching highlights he knows he knew that he had uh you know big things ahead of him and uh 
I wish him the best. Very, very, very nice guy. Let me take a picture with the uh, World Junior Medal. He was yeah. gone for like a month out of class, and uh, no, he was good. They were all good, good kids, and I wish uh, Quinton nothing but the best. Yeah, and people may not know Giuseppe played some hockey back back in the day as well. He played some double A on his way up, and he had to he had to make his decision to to go soccer route or or hockey route. So. I uh, just wanted to plug that in there. Just before we, we end off, uh, I just, you know, a couple rapid-fire questions maybe. Um, who who would you say was your, the best player you coached? I know you probably had a bunch, but if you had to maybe pick a top three. Oh, man. there There's a question. I, it, it, depends on, it depends on what team was I involved with. Right. So the best out-and-out player ever probably had to be somebody at York University in terms of just overall soccer. Like some of these guys had uh, stints at Toronto FC. Like we're talking professional-level players. So in terms of best soccer player that I've ever had, you know, playing for me would have been someone at York. Um, but and then you look back at more locally, I mean, um, at St. Benedict, probably it was probably a combination of Wilcox and, and Vandaway. Uh, obviously Sean for the scoring and, and Connor for backstopping. Um, at Cambrian, uh, men's program, depends. I mean, you know, Marco made an impact. Stefan Legrand made a huge impact in the back. We even had a player, Corey Boyce, at one time that could run like the wind. And, you know, he was <laughs> like a game changer. In terms of the women's program, I mean, we had Tiffany Johnson, who, who ended up setting records in the country for most goals. That has since been broken by another exceptional player down at Fanshawe. But... She she was a game changer, um, so those are those are some experiences uh, as a coach, and I was just fortunate to to have them as part of the team because uh, we relied on those sorts of players uh, so much. So it's tough to say the the best all time. It, it really depends on the environment, right? And what team are you coaching in in that moment? Um, so obviously, Alex being my best friend, uh, I like hearing stories, you know, outside that I experience. So maybe talk about your favorite story from when you either taught or. Coach Alex, uh, I don't know if you remember anything. Oh, man. There's been lots, but... Uh... Uh, I don't know if I can pinpoint one story, but just in general, <laughs> Alex, Alex, you know, Alex is a beauty. Alex, in high school especially, found any way to not be in class. <laughs> he got involved in more, uh, I'm not sure what it is, clubs or extracurricular, student, student yeah. council student and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, if there was five days in a week, Alex might show his face for one. Still get uh, an 80, you know, and he would go to every conference and take pictures with lanyards all over the province <laughs> with corrupt politicians. Oh, come on. And, uh, but, you know, he, he was such a good, um, good student at, uh, at St. Ben's and, you know, we were lucky to have him. He's a, he's a proud graduate. And now that he's looking to become a teacher, I hope I'm, I'm able to be, uh, his mentor on a teacher placement because we're going to have some, some good laughs. Oh yeah. That, no, that was, that was fun. And I think we, you know, um, we we should save some time here to i think we we talked about her a little bit but we got to talk about Antoinette. So sure let's talk about what she's meant to you know throughout your life and just and just what she's done uh for you and and i think we can end it off there yeah i think uh obviously my mom is uh you know my number one support system uh, she's my best friend uh, a lot of people know that my dad passed quite uh quite young i was only five so she raised um, two older sisters who have now obviously moved on, live in Toronto. But obviously, I was home uh, alone with her, and we've been best friends for 37 years because that's how young I am now. Um, she supported me through everything, through all the you know the travel and uh, obviously helping with costs and supporting any ambition that I've ever had. She uh, still comes and watches me do whatever I'm oh, yeah. doing. So if it's coaching, when I was at Cambridge, she was the team chef. When I was uh, involved at Greater Sudbury Soccer Club, she'll randomly show up to watch the, the kids. She doesn't even know who they are. She'll yeah. cut up fruit. Um, even when I was playing for Alex, uh, Alex's dad, Woody, Alex was being carted around Queen's Athletic in a stroller by his grandparents. So I've known Alex since he was uh, in his diapers. Um, and my mom was the only fan sitting up at Queen's Athletic, you know, uh, under a blanket and uh, and anybody that played with me on those men's teams and, and Woody as the coach would know about all the, the fruit being cut up and so oh, yeah. that sort of thing like that. So she's always been my number one support system. If you know me, uh, you know my mom. 
And uh, no, she's the best, and there's there's no one like her. Yeah, she's awesome, man. And she's been on every like like I said, every trip, business we went. I I only had the pleasure of going to New York and Chicago, but we've been. He's been to Boston, Washington, all these places. And and you know you love travel, so maybe maybe talk about your your favorite places you you've been to, um, and and travel to. Um. Jeez, I don't know. I, I was I was thinking about that the other day because of how much travel uh, we're not allowed to do these days uh, in a pandemic. I've uh, probably visited about 25-ish countries, uh, luckily, um, so far, and hope to travel again once this pandemic is over. I'm not sure if there's a favorite place, but I know that my mom loves to travel. Uh, during the holidays, we like to go away to somewhere warm in the Caribbean and stuff like that. So travel is fun. I recommend it to anybody. Uh, sports has allowed me a lot of travel it really opens your eyes to the world and uh, it's something to do you meet other cultures have good food have good times meet new people so I don't know if there's a single favorite place but uh, I'm looking forward to going back and traveling because I had five trips canceled this year and uh, I'm hoping 2021 uh, restores some sense of normalcy yeah we're just going to wrap this up here uh, obviously thank you Giuseppe for you know uh, letting us be in your house to film this and get on our podcast uh, I'll let Alex you know take over and wrap it up but i just want to say thank you um we always say that i need to get you lamb so hopefully one day i can yeah. take you out and, and get alex out too and then we can have some greek lamb because i know you like lamb but uh obviously a good career uh tremendous soccer coach as well so uh yeah thank you for being on this podcast i'll let uh you know alex finish it off yeah you know what th- thank you for having us on. it was it was an, an absolute pleasure um it's something a little different that we we've done on the podcast that's what we like to do and, and keep everyone on their toes um listen you've had a, a very good career very good career a lot of accolades and uh, championships won and i think there's still there's still uh, gas a lot of gas in the tank to to keep going so uh, hopefully whether you know it's you step into the oua bubble or wherever it is i i think uh, there's great things ahead for you giuseppe and you know it was a pleasure playing for you as well as being taught by you so uh, thank you and thanks for coming on the podcast thanks for everything guys good luck with the podcast all right so that was the interview with giuseppe politi um, again, a really, really cool interview. I thought uh, it was cool that he remembered a story about when uh, he coached against my dad in the Crucial Club tournament. That was a cool moment to, to hear and uh, see that Giuseppe still remembers that after a very extensive uh, career in coaching. Tom, thoughts on the interview? Um, first of all, what a resume. Hey, oh, like you were, Jesus. He was saying, you were saying somewhat some leagues or some teams he's been a part of that I had zero clue. Um, where they were or like where they're from whatever like that so uh cool interview obviously you enjoyed it a lot more than i did but uh you had what 40 minutes in until i got a question but no i enjoyed yeah, it i was so much. sorry tom please uh please a great guy and a very very well-known guy in the soccer community here in Sudbury. and yeah someone uh someone that i was lucky enough to work under right he was my boss and then we got into that uh the first time i met him i was uh shit my pants but <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no uh he taught you too so that, that that's pretty cool that's that's awesome that uh we were able to uh interview him and hopefully the listeners like it because uh we uh for sure enjoyed oh yeah interviewing him so absolutely absolutely thanks again Politi, for coming on and we'll definitely uh, get you back on too um okay tom let's move on to the insta q a sponsored by mayhew performance consulting for your consulting needs in the mining and health industry. Um, in the Q&A, we're going to send it over to the first question coming from Matt Sagan. Big friend uh, of the show goes, when is Greener going back on the pod? I'll send it to Tom for an answer here. Uh, <laughs> I know he listens to every single episode, every single minute of it. Greener, um, next summer for Sandbagger, since you're a golfer now, maybe? That's, oh, yeah. that's my immediate answer. I think we honestly, he got Drew going pretty good. So maybe we have to have him back on with uh, another person because Greener was an all time guest and uh, we crushed a couple beers when he was on. So maybe earlier, but I can, uh, my, my immediate answer was maybe a little golf sandbagger. You, you went with the gut. You went with the gut. I like it. I went with the gut. You, hell? Yeah. I don't know when it is, but it, it's a must that we got to get Greener back on. He's in an electric factory. So. Um, and we got, got a new continue. car. He bought a new car. Yeah. Congrats on a new car greener. Also, we had to continue that drew interview. We're, we didn't even scratch the surface with that. So we're gonna have to yeah. bring them both back on for that. But again, thanks Matt for the question. Let's move on here. 
Uh, Noah Blackwell asks, when you uh, tape your stick, are you going with white or black stick tape? Oof. I did a little bit of both, but towards the end of my career in hockey, I was white with the white spray, uh, spray paint. You know, make it uh, less harder for the goalies to see with the with the ice blending it in. But make it less harder or harder, Tom? Less harder or harder? Harder. harder. <laughs> harder. <laughs> Sorry. Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. A little hungover and all. But, uh, yeah. White? I don't know. That's I like, went... I, I, I switched it whenever it wasn't working, but yeah. uh, I had a little bit of black, a little bit of white. So I, my, I'm going to say white though. I yeah. like white more. For me, I started off with white and I ended ended a few years using black tape, but I always lit it up with the with the Howie's Hockey um, wax. I used to wax up the oh, yeah. black tape hard. I do, you know, do you know anybody that just stuck with one color? I, don't, I can't think of no anybody chance. that was just There's like. There's no chance anyone did. I think Brett was the only one, maybe. I, I only remember him as black. Lot, but there's I only no remember him as black. Yeah. Hey. He only used black stick tape from yeah. what I remember. But, but he's definitely you. taped his yeah. stick with white before. So. Exactly, yeah. Good All question, right. though. Yeah, thank you for the question, old black. Well, let's send it. Uh, now we're going to go to Maddie Matheson asking your favorite world junior memory. Very appropriate as the world juniors are coming close uh, here. Tom? Jonathan Taze, Taze in 07 there in shootout when he when they were playing USA and he scored, what, three shootout goals for them to advance yeah. to the final? Yes. So from what I remember is he scored in the – like he was one of the first three shooters. He scored in one of them. And then he went as the fourth. Yeah. He scored American uh, – the American scored. And then th- I think two to three shooters later – Everybody missed, and then coach called Taze again, and he scored. So he went three for three on that goal. I forget who was in that for the States. I think it was, I don't think it was Ryan Miller. I think it was somebody else. No, it wasn't Miller. That's going to bug me. I, I, I honestly think it's a name. I, I don't think it's a name that I don't – Yeah. We don't hear much of anymore. I know I know who was in that for Canada. He was Carey Price. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. That, that was mine, obviously, the Eberle one, but my immediate thought was the Taze moment because that was – I'm sick. going with the gut feeling today. I like it. Yeah, I, I like that. Everyone, you're going to say Eberle. Like, that's just an easy answer. I was going to say Eberle, but now now you got me on my toes here. I got to get it up. Um, favorite memory from the world? I mean, there's so many. The double uh, Dion? Pardon? Was it oh, double yeah, Dion? I was a little young for that one, though. You know what I'll say? I'll tell you my favorite. I know my favorite one. Um, the World Jays they had with – Max Domi, McDavid, um, Anthony Duclair. That year in Toronto was a big redemption year Marner. for them. And they lit up uh, everyone. It was awesome. Um, they beat Russia in the finals. That was probably one of my favorite years watching play. And then the year after, I think they won against Sweden late in the third. Um, mm. That was awesome again. So many good memories from uh, from World Jason. And then Eberle. Eberle is on its own pedestal. And then there's other, other uh, memories from that. But I believe definitely the best one. The World Juniors is just a, like to me the coolest uh, time over Christmas, right? Like I still remember uh, a good buddy of mine, Shane, in his old house. We were like eight or nine, whatever. But any goal Canada scored, we'd watch, screen, rip yeah. our shirts off, be shirtless, and then go jump in the snowbank for some odd reason, and then come back running down and see yeah. like, the highlight of the goal. We were just so invested in the World oh, Juniors. Yeah. And can you imagine how if, uh, we ever had the opportunity to play in that, like in front of even like oh, being in Canada when it was, it's when it was <laughs> in, oh, whoa, Finn Finnegan yeah. is heading ah. into the pot here. Want, wants to? I think he's having a bad uh, bad memory right now. Maybe maybe a bad dream. Finnegan vocal here on the pod. If anyone doesn't know, Finn is uh, the dog of uh, Kayla Laponce getting <laughs> in uh, to the pot. All right, Matt Matson, thanks for the question, buddy. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, this one comes from episode six's guest. Episode six's guest, Roberto Bagnato, asked, what would you rename the Sudbury Five if you would rename it at all, Tom? Oh, God. Hmm. The Sudbury Globetrotters? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, so what I, like I will Spartans. say, I, I, I like would the Spartans. It, isn't that a flag? You, you, you want to keep it? No, I would rename this every five. Yeah, I don't know. Though. Like, isn't the Spartans? No, 
Spartans is not the football. The Gladiators is the football. Yeah. Eh? Gladiators and Spartans are two different. Teams. I like Spartans though. Like that's just yeah for basketball. I I don't know. Like I, I think that's tough though. On the spot, that's tough. I think um, like I kind of like the Kings of the Underground, so I wouldn't mind like some like. Sudbury Kings or something like that. Like, that would have been cool. Like, Kings of the North kind of deal or, like, Nickel Capitals. But and then you're veering Ooh. off into the hockey sector. But just, so, five really doesn't do it for me, eh? Why do they call it the five? Was there a reason behind it? Five because 705, there's five guys on the court. Five because the nickel. That's pretty cool. The, it is pretty cool. I think they missed out on the logo, though. They need to incorporate a little Sudbury on the and, logo. Yeah, easy, uh, uh, that's a uh, shout-out to Roberto there. <laughs> shout-out to Roberto. It's a great question, man. Great uh, great starter. Uh, conversation starter for sure. Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Um, Give us one more. Do you have one more? Come on. One more question. We can go with... Uh, Ryder Johnson, who asked, who was uh, who's our favorite musician or or band? Tom. Ooh, I'm gonna say Drake. Big Drake guy. Big Drake guy. Yeah, Song live too. Live, not big. Deal. Oh yeah, that was a sick night. Yeah. Drake and Migos concert. Ugh. Game over. If uh, I would definitely see him again, obviously in a non-COVID era, but uh, yeah, he was sick. I'm gonna go with Drake. Oh, or or the Arkells. That's tough, Al. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough one. Um, if I had to go, I don't really have a favorite. It goes across a bunch. Bruce Springsteen, the Arkells, <laughs> any rock in the eighties. Yeah, because um, you were crushed watching Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah, at fourteen years old, and then um, yeah, Drake, love Drake, like any type of music. Like it doesn't really matter to me, but Bruce Arkells, Drake. That's probably where you'll oh, see. Yeah. See me listening. To, a little uh, bit of JB for me. I'm a big love JB Fleetwood guy. Mac too. Love Fleetwood Mac. But th- there's so many. But uh, good question. Um, okay, that's going to do it for Mayhew uh, Performances Insta Q&A. Thank you for the questions again. And we're going to be posting again. Please uh, don't be afraid to uh, put a question in there for the boys. Tom, I think that's going to do it for uh, today's episode. Um, not much to talk about, but I think uh, – we had a good interview that people are going to really enjoy and hopefully you do enjoy. Um, listen, uh, behind the bench is on and on behind the bench. Sorry. Marble mouth is on Spotify and Apple podcast. Check us out there. You can hit our link in our Instagram bio and we're on Insta at BTB podcast, double underscore hit us up on there. You got all our links there. You can check out, um, and uh, if if you like it, leave us a review. Write us a review. Give us some stars too. Uh, don't be don't be shy. Let us know how you feel about the pod. Um, we we'll also uh, got a couple big things coming up in the next coming weeks. Uh, Tom and I are going to be done school pretty soon um, for the month of December and a little bit into January. So a lot of interviews coming, and I think you're going to start seeing some YouTube content too, baby. Um, we filmed one with uh, two guests that we don't want to name yet, but they have posted on their Instagram. So if you really want to find out, you can. Um, but yeah, uh, I think uh, I think that's going to do it here. Tom, you got any last uh, things to talk about? No, I just wanted to maybe get into just, just for a quick second. Uh, how's your Christmas shopping going? Are you, are you done? Uh, yeah, Christmas shopping is going well. Uh, got pretty much everything that I that I needed uh, for the fam jam here so everything's going well Utah yeah good no um I think we mentioned at the start I, I paid for a lot of things so the credit card's not thanking me right oh, now yeah, but uh credit card I think I, did, I think I did pretty good on the gifts this year so we'll just have to see we'll have to see what'd good you get stuff. me hey what'd you get me I can tell you that oh <laughs> so you got me something and we'll see we'll see you heard it here on the episode he's got me something he got me something not now. I have to go get something. Uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll turn it over to fans. Maybe you can help me find that, or I'll talk to uh, Kaylee. She can help me out. Okay, you guys. Me a, no, you give me a manscape for my uh, mustache. Hey, no free ads. Um, okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gents, listen. Uh, thank you again for tuning in to episode seven with Giuseppe Politi. We really hope again once again sponsored by Silver Cross Sudbury. Please go check them out at uh, their Facebook page or silvercross.com. Great people, great family. Um, Please uh, go check them out. And uh, thank you again for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday. Take care, everyone.